like to take a moment and thank our sponsor. If you have a laser device for training and you want to take it to the next level, or if you're looking to get into using a laser device for training, check out the products at laserapp.com. L-A-S-R-A-P-P.com. You can use code CSP2021 for 15% off the items you've selected. And thanks for checking them out. Now, what do you, what time frame are you, when you're shooting a match, what, and you're shooting production, like how, what's the time of a reload that you're aiming for? I know it's not for forethought in your mind, oh, I have to have a reload of 0.75, but what's the average that you're looking at to be where you want to be? I mean, if you're looking at, at an, it, it depends on the reload. It depends on the target you're coming on to. Um, my, my personal, my personal standard is that the reload is, is inserted before the old, old mag hits the floor. Like that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm looking for. And typically speaking in standing reloads, when I do them, you'll see that like the, the, the new mag is in the old mag is in the floor a little bit after. Um, okay. Movement wise, it depends if there's a lot of movement, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to get the reload done right away. I'm going to get yeah, moving if I can. Yeah. So I had to, okay. I had to fight myself to not want to just slam a reload in fast and then, and then start running because you know, you want to, you want to be the, the cool reload guy, right. You know, you got to be the cool reload guy. So you got to, you got, so you had to learn, I had to learn like, Hey, no, I don't have to be the cool reload guy. I have to actually be, be the best shooter. Right. <laughs> you know, reloads look awesome on Instagram, but they don't win matches. You know, they're not going to. Leo, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was the Williams sisters who say they do the Eric Raffel, or they use his philosophy where they will initiate during a movement. If they're moving from one place to another and reloading during that time, they will initiate the reload before they go. Because um, I guess his philosophy is you want to be done with your reload so you can move and then be ready to go when you get there. That sounds correct. That sounds right. <clears throat> yeah, what are, do you have any type of philosophy on when so, to reload during? So I subscribe more to like more to the PSTG style, like Ben and Kim. They, they talk about if it's a, if it's a one, two step reload, you have to prioritize the reload, right? There's no reason. There's no reason to get somewhere fast. If your reload is, is, if you're just making the reload distance more of a standing reload, right? So you have to mm. focus on that, right? The reload has to be done as soon as you can get it done. And the movement could just be casual. You you barely even have to move. Like you can get to the point where the mag is, is up, is ready to be inserted, and then you take your steps as soon as you're in certain certain mag in that case, right? Around three steps, four steps, like there's a blend. So it really depends on what target you're coming into, what kind of movement is required, right? How, how much do you need to move versus how much do you need to reload, right? right. Anything anything okay. more like like five steps or more, I want to be able to move as hard as I can. You know, so typically okay. for me, I'll, I'll, I'll start running and grab the mag. And then I'll try to be aware of when I need to have the mag inserted so that the next target is available, right? That's my philosophy. And, and JJ also kind of subscribes to that, that philosophy as well. Okay. All right. Yeah. I thought he was asking me, and I was like, yeah. nobody cares what I was like. I was I, I knew, putting I it in whenever it goes coming. in. I knew, I knew it was coming. Yeah. I, was waiting for, I was waiting for the, you know. But. Yeah, there was a lot of prep there. Yeah. 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 
So I was like, I don't really have any deep thoughts on it. I just, just put it in. <laughs> I end up with two kids. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, that's yeah. what she said. That's, that's what she said, Joe. Yeah. <clears throat> now, the last one I this want, one well, I was going to say, this one is impressive because it shows, uh, or at least I think, something you hit on earlier. You were talking about, you know, finding that sweet spot for you. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you sell it very well with this video yeah. showing a reload with four totally different guns and how it works for all of them. Mm -hmm. So there's no sound, so you can talk again. Yeah. And this was done, it was actually done by design. So if you notice that, that was the Atlas Nemesis and that had the biggest magwell, right? So most people be okay. like, oh you, yeah, you reload the production gun and then you reload the big magwell, you know, oh yeah, that's, you know, that's the easy one. So I purposely did it backwards. So this one has the tactical magwell, which is the one that I actually prefer, the small magwell. That was the, okay. uh, that was the Titan that I was shooting there, right? And then I went into the Shadow 2 which was the gun that I was training with most of the time, right? And there's a live fire one of this too, by the way, which is pretty cool also, right? Oh, okay. And I had a lot of people like, oh, yeah, you know, you should do, you should do the reload with the mag and the gun. Well, I always do the reload with the mag and the gun. But for the purpose of this, like I, I wasn't, I was just trying to get it done all in one shot, get it done quick. So, so that, you know, it could be, it could be impressive in that way that you pick up four different guns and reload each one without having to without having any issues right yeah I, you literally just went from one gun to the next and yeah each one of them were was hit right on so i guess that comes down to again coming back to the fact that mm -hmm. you know once you find that spot where your mm -hmm. gun's going to be every time and you keep yep. your hand that's grabbing your spare mag to reload yep. the same Drop every it. time and it's and, and it's always on. it's always Find, find where the mag goes first. And this is how I teach it in classes too, right? Find where the mag's going to be, like without the gun. So if I did this and I took this hand away and I grab the mag and bring it up and stop, where does it stop, right? And then this is where the gun needs to be. I don't, I don't want to keep the gun out here and then be reaching the mag up here for me. If the mag is going to be here, the chances are the reload's going to be more consistent, right? And then, you, and then when it's more consistent, you could be a little bit more aggressive in terms of your hand speed, right? Because you can get right. away with more because it's going to be it's going to be there more likely than not, right? Right. And that's yes. and that's the, that's the fun part. That's the fun part about it. And that's that's all the stuff that I learned. That little breakdown is is awesome. If you guys get a chance, it started it started with that, and it was like insert the mag to see how how much effort it takes to to seat the mag, right? And then it was. Um, hand on the mag, bring it up and insert, right? Without without presenting the gun. The gun is in this spot, so you're getting real, real familiar with what this spot looks like, right? And then it was, hand is up here, grab the mag, bring it up. So you're working on the grab part of it, right? And then the last one is where you do a full a full reload. And you really get used to that spot. Once you get used to that spot, like it, it just gives you a lot more reps and a lot less time, you know? And that's that that's worked out good. I've, I've, I've taught people that. And it, it helps them tremendously because now you can diagnose your problem if you have an issue. Right. You know where it's happening. Oh, and one of the other good things too, I start once you get to a certain requisite speed, instead of um instead of using the timer, so like Burkitt's, right? I was going down to 0.5 for like a Burkitt Kai to reload, get it get it to here. Once okay. you can meet 0.6 or lower, right? 
at that point, it's more beneficial for you to learn how to, how to as soon as the trigger breaks, you, you initiate the reload. You pick up a tenth or two just by reaction time off that trigger. Um, and if you're familiar with Amy556 on, uh, on, on Instagram, Amy Abbott. Yeah. I actually learned, because she was asking me about her four aces times, and I watched her video, and that's where I came up with that, that idea. Because I was watching her, and the gun was going up and coming down and going up and coming down. And then the reload was initiating. She was like at a 120 or something like that. And after learning how to respond off the trigger and not, not push the gun and follow through or return the gun back, she's down to like, she, I think she's gotten some sub, sub one second reloads at this point. But she okay. went down to like a 105, like within a week or two of doing it. It was, it's pretty cool. Okay. Now, it, all right. So, but that, that brings up another question. I mean, she Absolutely. shoots a lot. Mm -hmm. She posts a lot of stuff. So she's always shooting. Mm -hmm. um, for people at the A and B level, at what, how much repetition though does it take to get to a point to instill that and make it become second nature or subconscious that you're reacting to that trigger pull as soon as you, because there's a lot going on. So you're pulling your trigger mm -hmm. and then you're hopefully calling your shot mm -hmm. and then immediately going, oh, I need to hit my mag release and go for my mag at the same time. I mean, that that's a lot of stuff happening in it is. literally hundreds of seconds. And and where that where that those that repetition really comes in is more in dry fire. Another thing, uh so you said hit my trigger, call a good shot and then bring the gun in. Right? Ideally you're calling a shot you're calling your shot as soon as your trigger is breaking also. So like you, right. you saw how everything was right, right as the trigger's breaking. So as soon mm -hmm. as, as soon as this hits the back wall, right, the bullet's already gone before you felt recoil, the bullet, the bullet has left the barrel before the slide even moves, the bullet has left the barrel. Right. So once you understand that and the way that you can practice that, right, is by, by literally. So for, from a transitional standpoint, um, if you started on target and you wait for the beep, and as soon as the beep goes off, you try to press the trigger and yank the gun off target, you'll find it's a lot harder to do than you think, right? Which means a lot of us are waiting still a little too long to even exit the target, right? right. For what? For movement, for transitions, for reloads, right? Oh, another, another good thing too, right, that I was talking about, people were asking me on my live. I have an index point too that helps me out a lot. So I can practice reloads without needing the gun or the mag. Right? And you guys will show us here. Give me a place where you can see this. Right? So if you see here, right? If I open up my pinky, there's a, there's a corresponding line here, right? Let me right here. Right? You see the kind of the grip kind of interfaces with the line here? Yeah. Now, if I take that and I'll put this a little backwards. Right, but I put my index finger here, right, properly indexed. Right, this index finger touches a line on my pinky. Okay, right, so that line is here. So if I grab a mag, put my index finger here, that's that's this line for me, right? Put my index finger here and have the, the, the magazine on top of my palm. This is exactly where my mag well is, right? So walkthrough right doing a walkthrough and i want to figure out where a reload's going to happen right but i can't take my gun out obviously i, I get dq'd right 
so I can literally grab the mag and bring it up to that spot. And I'm doing a reload without ever needing the gun. Hmm. And to go even further, I don't need the mag either. So as long as I grab, touch the mag properly and touch this spot, I know that this is where the reload's going to be. So, so it'll tell me where my gun might, might be if my hips are moving a little bit, right? If I'm moving forward, if I'm moving backward. It's going to give me information on what needs to happen to make sure that that's right. And I'm actually practicing the reload without needing any of it, right? So in walkthroughs, what I tell people is, in terms of execution and such, the more that you can feel like you're shooting the stage without shooting the stage, the better your chances of execution are going to be. And that's how, that's how I nice. look at it. I'm always trying to think of ways that, that are going to link what I'm doing to what I'm actually going to be doing, right? So like even with my, my, my walkthrough grip, right? I get my normal grip. I grip as hard as I can with this hand, right? This is my, my trigger, right? My thumb is my trigger. I got this from JJ, right? And my other thumb is my sight. And what I actually do is I actually even take like a little Sharpie and I put a little dot huh. on my thumb. So now okay. every target that I'm, that I'm going through to walk through, I'm actually working my finger as I would if, as if I were shooting it, how I intend to shoot it. And this is giving me information on the target, how, how, much, how much or how little confirmation I need before, what do I need to see, right? Where do I need to aim? How's my movement affecting this? Right. And I looked it up too. I looked at use PSA rules. It says, it says guns or gun replicas. This is neither. Right. I, I use this at nationals to, to, to a big level of success, you know, and I, a lot of people that I teach, I give that to them and, and they, they use it as well. It's very helpful in, uh, in the stages. Pretty cool. I had never even considered that. Never even thought of that. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. It's big, big help, man. And, you know, and I have something that I call program and execute. That's what I was teaching at the summit. Um, I give every target a two word command or unless it's steel. So steel is one paper is two. How I'm going to, what I'm going to see in the transition and what I'm going to see for the split. Right. Steel is only one because it's, it's in the transition. I'm only, I'm only transitioning. It's, am I seeing, you know, am I, am I relying on a body index? Am I relying on color? right? Red or green based on fiber or dot, or am I relying on a sight picture or a, a circular dot, right? It's not a line. It actually stabilizes and becomes a circle again. This is deep. Yeah, I know. I, There's I, I get... a lot. This is, no, no, this is awesome, but holy cow. <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually scared to ask you another question I have um, because look, I, I shot a bunch of in my first two years I shot seventy matches, uh -huh. and I was doing well. I was um, starting to shoot A level classifiers, all of that, mm -hmm. and uh, and then the pandemic, ammo, and my schedule at work changed. Sure. Had a lot of things hit at the same time, and I haven't even shot as many matches in the last two years that I did in my first year. Mm -hmm. um, so I was excited at Del Marva when all of the targets were ipsic but they would yes. angle them different ways you know upside mm -hmm. down uh 45 degrees all different ways and i would catch myself not not knowingly but just walking over and checking the direction of the a zone so i knew where to aim 
mm-hmm. and I was very happy with my performance. I, I had all A's and Charlies, no Deltas, no Mikes. Um, so I'm still happy with the way I'm, I'm shooting. But you also had something else that I felt was intriguing enough to bring up on here, and that is rubber band pause. Oh, uh, okay. That was so. So that cue. So I was working with a with a mental coach at the time. It was uh, mid mid twenty twenty. Her name was uh, Megan Sullivan. Helped me out quite a bit at the at the time. Um, and she had told me to come up with cues, right? Cues that caused me to do whatever it is that I'm intending to do. Um, so rubber band pause was my reload sequence um, in terms of words. So the rubber band part is essentially, if you think about like an outstretched rubber band that you're going to send at your friend, that's what's happening when you're in your grip, right? So as soon as you initiate the rubber band part of the reload, that rubber band snaps, grabs the mag and brings it up to here, right? Finger touching the grip, what we talked about, okay? The pause part was is a confirmation step. It's a program step right? It doesn't necessarily mean you have to stop the mag, right? It really means, is the mag going in? If it's yes, put the mag in. You don't need to wait. What, what a lot of people do by doing burkets is they stop here and then they create the stop forever, right? They never get past over confirming the mag. So in my case, I, I didn't like, I didn't like that. So the pause was just that program step. Is it going in? Yes. Insert the mag, right? Is it going in? No. Put it where, adjust it and put it in, right? Now, it, it, in my case, it might look like I'm throwing the mag in the gun, but if you watch like my slow, slow motion reload, so I had, a, I had a four aces reel, my first reel, you actually see it comes up and if there's a point here, it actually relaxes and almost stops. But once I knew it was in, it goes right in and right back on target. That's how that's how that worked, and that that's how I taught it for a bit, you know. Okay. And it was, it was I don't use that cue anymore because now I have the the physical elements, right? The more the more senses we can involve in in our walkthrough, and the more we can feel like we're actually doing it, the better it's going to be. So that's where I do I do this this thing now. So it's the same cue. It's only just I'm doing it physically instead of thinking the words. In my head. Right. It's through feel. Yeah. Right. And it allows me to focus subconsciously and focus constantly, consciously on other things versus this, right? So there, there comes a time where, where you, where you outgrow these cues because now it's just so subconscious that you, you're automatically going to do it. And now you can focus your attention on other more relevant cues that are going to help you. Okay. Deep. I know I go, I go. That's, that's good though. That's, that's awesome information. Yeah. Cause uh, I wanted to get into Dr. Uh, Sullivan yes, next because I actually went to her website after seeing some stuff on your your Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one last video I want to share because absolutely. after all this talk of reloads and you showing the other reloads, I wanted to mm-hmm. show people how fast yeah. your reloads are. I know where you're going. You're using okay. <laughs> and this was uh, like all... this was funny because this I had just done like a gym session and I was like I just want to see how fast my how fast they are because it picks it up. Right. That, so that like I didn't even put seven. A, yeah. Point nose uh, point six point six one or point six three. <laughs> I remember they were they were all like low point sixes. And yeah, then there was one, in the, one. 
Yeah. I think I had one where 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 I bumped up a little bit trying to push a little speed, but I think I got a point five five something. Yeah, six two. Wow. Yeah, that's a yeah. six two. Yeah. yeah, and then and then I pushed it. A, I pushed it a little faster at that point. I think I got to like a five five or something like that. But I don't know if it was in that video. But yeah, your first one cold was a six yeah. seven. That was your slow yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. That's still fast as all get out. And that, like I said, there's no inner belt on there either. So like the, the belt wants to like. Oh, you're too. kidding me! I was in sweatpants. Sweatpants. I had deadlift shoes on also, because I was like, let me just see, because I want to see, because this timer will register it. So, so, yeah, let's 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 give it a go and see what happens. What is that timer, by the way? That was the Shooters Global timer. Their okay. smart timer. Great, great, great timer. Um, they had originally sent it to me uh, for before nationals in 2020. They actually sponsored my national slot, which was really really kind of them. Um, oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was great to have, it was great to to have that paid for and then and then take care of that. Their timer's great. Unfortunately, I messed up the timer by we shot main state and I left the timer in my bag when it downpoured literally all day. So oh, no. the buzzer doesn't work all the time now, and it's totally my fault for for being an idiot and leaving it out when I shouldn't have. But oh, the timer itself. Yeah, a lot of great features. The magnetic clip is awesome. The wireless charging is awesome. Um, the app is pretty cool. And now they have software updates via the app. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It picks up, it picks up dry fire clicks. It picks up um, mag changes. It also You could also adjust the volume down to where you literally could barely hear it. It's the quietest timer that I've, that I've ever been able to use. Well, you can, you know, I, I've been around guns all my life. You could put it at level eight and I might barely hear it. Yeah, yeah, barely. It, it doesn't doesn't interrupt anybody, which is which is awesome. Okay. Um, so real quick, let's talk mm -hmm. about Megan Sullivan. Sure. Uh, Doctor Megan Sullivan. Yeah. Um, I didn't even realize she existed uh, until just a few days ago. Mm -hmm. So now, what did you have you? All right. So you went to her to do some mental aspect of shooting. Yes. So I forget, I forget what his last name is. I want to say it's, it's Jacob, Jacob Turner, Jacob Taylor, Jacob Taylor. Um, so him and I had talked on and off. He's an, he's an open GM um, and, a, and a pretty high performing one at that. Him and I were talking on and off and we were talking about the mental stuff and skill stuff. And I actually helped him with his reloads initially. That's how initially we started, started um, conversing. And he had taught, we had talked something about, about mental work and he gave, he said, well, listen, I've been working with this, this mental coach. He was, he was in the military or is in the military and he was working with her as part of, part of his job. So he gave her my number or he gave me her number. I reached out to her and we had, we started having, having sessions um, about performance, mental performance, right? Cause in a lot of cases for me, I was holding <laughs> back. Right. Okay. You know, not not sexual performance, just no, I'm, I'm OK there. I mean, oh, you know, at least at least at least, at least my fiance doesn't complain. So, right, so good. We're, we're good. Excellent. <laughs> um, so but yeah, mental mental performance. Uh, I was trying to hold myself back. So so she came up with a lot of ways to try and try and test me. So the cues was one of them. Self-reflections like written properly were, were others. And then. For instance, if I had if I had frustrating days or I was like in in a bad mood or something, 
you know, talking with her, she said, she was telling me that, Hey, you're allowed to, you're allowed to be upset, right? You're allowed to not have a good day and be frustrated and like brood. I said, I was broody at the time, right? You got to make some like, you know, like the rock face with that. I, I can't do it. I'm not that cool. But, um, <laughs> so, so you're allowed to have those days, but once you're done, you have your pity party or whatever, you get back to work. Like that's, you're not allowed to stop just because you had a bad day. You know, uh, we did a lot of visualization stuff. So literally, uh, she, she taught me very well how to visualize in terms of including as many senses as possible into a visualization. Right. Um, so what I did in the beginning was something that I was very familiar with was draws and reloads. Like I would literally close my eyes and be able to feel everything, see everything. And the, the goal was get your visualization to be at least a four out of five in one sense before you add another one, right? Five being you're literally there doing it or you feel like you're there doing it, right? And one is like, I can't see anything. And and, and these are things that I, that I did over and over again at the time to, to start to learn how to visualize a lot better, right? Um, results uh results versus process focus she helped me a lot with that there's a there's a another, again on pstg there's another we did an interview together a podcast kind of style interview like this and it was about a 30 minute video um about how she helped me and how i was able to help her because as a student i was very so she says that i was i was very engaged i was very attentive and i did i did the homework you gave me something to do i, I was going to do it I don't, I don't care what it takes. It takes what it takes. If I have to run around in a tutu, you know, to, to win nationals like <laughs> three years, I don't care. I don't care. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll go to that. the end of the earth. <laughs> I, I will sponsor that. There we go. Right. Oh, yeah. It's like Shannon Smith on the, uh, when he posted on his Instagram video of doing the, whatever that 80s, she's a maniac, right? She's a man running around with a little oh. like floppy leg. Like, it was, that's a good video. But yeah, no, I don't, I don't care. So, but it was it was very mutually beneficial in the sense that we were both working together. And um, she helped me quite a bit in a lot of ways. Okay. I'm just going to throw it on the stream here real quick for anybody who's yes. wondering. It's very interesting. I mean, she's got how we process visual information and then there's stuff specifically for shooting, sleep and shooting performance. Yep. Um, just a bunch of different things. So DRMC Sullivan uh, on Instagram. So mm -hmm. pretty cool. I had no idea. Yeah. And she's good in the sense that you do a, you do a session with her, right? Typically, you know, she has she has her charge per minute um and after your session is done she gives you a summary of what you guys did and oh. she gives you homework right oh. and and in between sessions she's available if you have questions at all so she's very responsive about getting back to people she's she's on top of everything um wow. and and like i said she's she's excellent 100 percent. i sent a couple of good friends to her and, and she was able to help help them as well. Now, have you read any of Lanny Basham's stuff? I read Lanny Basham's With Winning in Mind back in 2018. I trained with Robert Vogel. He was the first oh, guy okay. I trained with, like, like who's like, okay, I'm, I'm going for USPSA now. This is who I want to train with first. I actually went to his place in Ohio, and we did a private class with him. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Learned a lot. Was able to take a lot away from, from that from that private class, too. There's actually a testimonial on his website for me um, oh, okay. for that. Yeah, I just I just gave it to him like the end of last year. So he's 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 always been super helpful. He's he's one of those guys like you emailed him and he, he emailed you within the next day with like I had asked him a whole bunch of like a laundry list of questions because I'm very wordy, as you can tell. <laughs> and he actually answered me with with well thought out answers. Like it wasn't like he was just like you know oh you know take a class blah blah. No, he answered everything in, in a descriptive detail. Um, wow. And and that's where I heard his mental his mental talk in the class was excellent. And that's what he recommended. He recommended with winning a mind and thinking practical shooting. That's the first two books. And that's what and I did. What's the second my, one? Uh, thinking practical shooting by Saul Kirsch. Okay. If you give me a second, I might actually have it here. Let me see if I have it. Uh, no. No, but I probably have it somewhere. Oh, no, I do. Hold on one second. Okay. Just saw it. Wow, I don't think I've ever heard of this one. Oh, there it is. Uh, thinking, practical shooting. So you guys can see that there. Look at this yeah. Yeah, that looks pretty cool. This was a very, this was a very good book, too. Uh, is that like a genderless person on the cover? There? Uh, I guess so. It's, it's like some <laughs> iRobot shit. Yeah, for sure. I think he's got a mustache. Yeah. It's Ipsic, so it's probably a little weird. That's uh, his hand. <laughs> it's, he's thinking, man. Yeah. Sitting there. Okay. This was, this, this was a good book, too. I, I wrote my directive, you know, my directive affirmation shortly after that. I read it for a long while every day. Right until until I didn't need to read it because I knew it was going to happen. You know? And then when I did that, now I changed it to the next thing. Okay. Yeah. You know, do you I write use like a uh, Do you use a um, journal? Uh, I you? use uh, yes. So I so I didn't do it, and then I did do it, and then I and then last June I finally got like got back to it fully. So I have a word document that I fill out every day with every training session, every match. Um, it is now since mid June, it's about 120 pages and it's like 40, 49,000 words at this point. Ooh. Yeah. So it's every session. And what I do, um, I've renamed the categories for myself. So instead of what was good, it's great. What was, what was great. Right. Cause from Tim Grover's book, what you learn is, is I don't want to be good. I want to be great. So no matter what, like when someone asks you how you're doing, you try to say great, amazing, this and that. Um, whether or not you feel that way about that at that time, it's not for them. It's for you. Right. If, right. if it's not, right. I actually asked him this and he said, if your day is not going great, what do you need to do to get it closer to be that? And that's where like I have I have alarms that go off and my eight o'clock alarm is make today great. Right. But anyway, going back to the re reflection. Great. What was great? And this is from Megan also. Anything that you write down has to be supported by what made it great. I can't just say, hey, transitions were awesome today. Let's, uh, you know, just move on. You have to say transitions were great today because my vision was moving to the right spot. My vision was exiting appropriately and, and very fast, right? My shoulders weren't tensing up, so the gun was coming in very precisely. Things like that, right? That... Then there's, instead of what I, I'm looking for a solution or needs work or improvement or whatever, there's, it's develop or challenge. 
right? Develop is, hey, this skill wasn't where it needed to be. Let's develop it. Let's let's continue mm. to grow it. Challenge is, this is something I already do well. Let's figure out how to take it to the next level, right? Okay. And then the last part is how to. And anything you listed in, in the developer challenge area has to be, you have to put an action item to it. Okay. Right. So usually, usually developer challenge, I keep like two or three things. I don't, you can't put 10 things because you can't, if you're working on 10 things, you're working on nothing. Right. right. It's got to be like two things, like two, two things you could actually focus on, you know, it, otherwise it doesn't work. Right. The great, the great side can have more because you're trying to reinforce, Hey, I'm, I'm pretty good at this thing. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming great at this thing. Right. And for someone who, who struggles with belief in themselves, right, that's that's valuable information to have that that builds your your experience library, as, as Megan would, would say, you know, uh, every time. OK, yeah. Every time you build that, some people can let some people can let go quicker than others. I, I have I struggle with letting go. So it's always about, OK, this I can do this. I can do this. I've done this. I can do that. And every time it, it's real and it's believable. Right. That makes you more powerful. That also makes you more mentally tough because, hey, I can do this. I just have to stick to what I know how to do and, and just get out there and do it. It doesn't matter what the results process. are. Right. Yeah. yeah. OK. Leo. Oh, no, I was going to say for Davis, a Rolodex. But no, there's a <clears throat> it reminds me of uh I'll have to send it to you. There's a, uh, Matt, of all people, Matthew McConaughey did a really, really good, um, like commencement speech or graduation speech at a college. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and he talks about how the word unbelievable should be eliminated from the English language. Because if you can do it, it's believable because you did it. So yeah. making those achievable goals, like, yes, it's kind of like you said, like you need to feel a little bit uncomfortable. You know, every day you need to feel that a little bit of discomfort to make you push to that next goal. And like, I really like that. So and and every time, every time you you, so like it's a battle against yourself every day. And this is from like David Goggins' book, from all all the things that he he did. Right. Every time you batter yourself and you win against yourself, you become that much stronger, that much tougher. Right. So like, I stretch at this point. I stretch 20, 30 minutes a day usually, and. When I'm done with the timer, so I set a two-minute timer, I stretch for two minutes, I rest for one, right? Do that five or six times for every stretch. And when the timer's done, I pull harder. I try to do more. And I monitor myself mentally. And I'm like, well, am I, am I being a little bit of a baby or, or a bitch or whatever? Like I, I say, I, I say, I use the bad words, but, um, Still, you know. It's okay. Am I, am I being, I'm like sitting myself are you being a bitch? Right. Cause if you're being a bitch, like we're going to sit here for as long as it takes. Like, I don't, I don't care if it takes me, if I'm sitting there for another minute in a stretch, it's very uncomfortable for me. You know, we're going to sit here. Right. But, it, but if it's, even if it's uncomfortable and I'm, I'm, I monitor my mind and I'm like, no, I can be, I, I can be here all day. I don't really care. At that point I, I can let go. Right. And relax. And that, that helps us a lot, especially when we're, when we're training too, because we keep pushing through those uncomfortable things and no, you're going to do it right. One way or the other, we're going to make it happen. It's just a matter of, are you going to come along and drive or are you going to be fighting it the whole way? Right. You know, it's always us versus us. If we can bring the best performance out of ourselves, the results will be what they're supposed to. 
And then it's a matter of, okay, what do I need to do to make the results to the next level? Right. And then people can't shake you. It's harder to shake you. You become mentally impregnable, as my buddy Maitland says. <laughs> I said impenetrable, but he wanted he want he said no. You have to say impregnable because it's cool. So, so okay, here it I is, like Malin. it. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Shout out to Maitland. Yeah, awesome dude. He taught a PSTG summit too. Okay, well, and that's where I wanted to go next. Um, mm -hmm. So, was this your first time? At PSTG uh, Summit teaching? No, it was my third. So we've done three of them. I've been at all three. Oh, okay. So how, do you, how are you liking it? I, I love it. I mean, listen, these guys have done a lot for me. Ben, ben and Kim have, have – they're my mentors. They're, they're my coaches. They've pushed me to, to push, right? And, and they've taken a lot of time to figure out what I need, right? So – you know, it's it's only it's only right that I make sure I give back to them as they've given to me too, and that, and then I can give back to others the way that they've given to me, right? It's all it's all about it's all about being able to help everybody grow together. So, 2020 was the first year they had it, right? They posted something up about needing needing help, right? And I was like, I saw it, and I'm like, fuck, like, all right, first one to reply, yes, anything you guys need, right? So, so it worked out and, and, and I ended up teaching gun handling that year, draws, reloads, you know, trigger control, speed, that okay. kind of stuff. Right. Because I, I mean, I teach, I've taught classes for a long time as an assistant and then running my own company's uh, classes since 2018. And, uh, you know, I was like, they actually, there was a lot of good feedback there too. So it worked out well, Ben, Ben and Kim heard, heard a lot of good feedback from my blocks. Um, and it ended up being I taught the same thing the next year, right? We actually, instead of having me as the last block on day three, we had me as the first block every day. So everybody got their gun handling tune-up right in the beginning of the day, you know, which they were then able to carry on to um, the other one, the, the other blocks for the day. So they were already ready to go. And now um, this year I did uh, program and execute confirmation levels, color-based shooting, and uh, something I call situational training, which helped me. All, all this stuff kind of helped me mentally last year. Okay. What is color-based training? So color-based shooting, uh, we have no confirmation shooting. levels. Yeah, we have confirmation levels that we talk about. Um, essentially body index, reacting to color only, touching, touching your visual spot, right? Okay. And then sights are a stable dot, sight picture, right, with irons, or a stable dot that's a circle with, Dot. Most people can do the body index stuff, right? The three to five yard hosing. That's, you know, most people are capable of that, right? That's why a lot of hosing stages have very, very crammed up results too. Um, there's not a lot of, there's not a ton of separation as much as there, as much as there could be. Most people can be accurate if they have to be, but the guys who become the best of the best are the ones that have this middle range, what I call color-based shooting, where they're essentially, they're looking to the spot, as soon as they see the red color or the green color touch their vision, they're firing right away. And what that does is that gives you, if your index and everything is, is developed correctly, right, you can push that out pretty far, 15, 20 yards in a transition and be able to shoot that way without losing a ton of points, right? And then your split times, right, so there's a transition, and then there's a split, 
right, in, right. in terms of confirmation. Your split times end up being in the midpoint twos. It's like quarter seconds, quarter seconds. So, again, if you're shooting at a 15-yard open target on the move, you're shooting a quarter-second split, right, with a transition that's immediate, right? The gun doesn't stop and stabilize. It, it's As soon as it touches, it's firing right away. Not only are you saving the transition, but you're shooting probably more aggressively than the next guy. And the more versatile that range, the further up in results you're going to go. Yeah, I can see that. That could take a lot of time off your overall time on a stage. Without losing a lot of points for, in the process. Right. right. So, so that's that's what all the all the best guys are doing. Right. They're all that middle range is their is their widest range compared to other people. Interesting. It's funny because that kind of uh, I listened to uh, Steve Anderson. And, uh -huh. um, and one of the things he likes to say for dot shooting is center of the dot and call the shot. And I, I took um, the mental management classes that mm -hmm. he offers as well. And he and I were talking and I was like, I can't do center the dot, call the shot because I come from a more of a precision rifle sure. background. Yep. And if I tell myself to center the dot, well, guess what's going to happen? It's going to be at the most center portion of the spot before I pull the trigger. You know, so I can't, yep. I have to just, almost what you're saying is I have to, I had to teach myself to see the dot and then call my shot so that when the dot comes in and I see it in the aiming area, then mm -hmm. I can pull the trigger. So, so this, this, so what we're talking about is a little bit of both. So visually, you're very, you're going to be very precise. <clears throat> However, you're not, the dot is not like in somewhere in the A zone. It's actually touching that visual reference spot that you're looking at. But okay. it's not becoming stable. So like this, right? If I'm looking at, if I'm looking at you, uh, let's see, let's, uh, where, where, okay, I'm looking at myself here, right? So I'm looking at myself. As soon as that, the, my finger touches, I'm firing. Right. Right. Versus getting here, stopping, firing, which is more of what you're doing. And that's that's my my proclivity is to want to overaim. Or what you're saying, you're is as soon as it's close, I'm firing here, right? I'm firing a little early. Right? What we're saying as soon as the color touches exactly where you're looking, you're firing. Gotcha. No no more, no less. Now that also requires you to make sure your transitions are fundamentally close to perfect too. Right, your index isn't shifting, right? You're not tensing your shoulders and trying to stop. So if I try to fire, right? If I try to fire and I and I'm trying to stop the gun, you see that extra that yeah. extra motion, right? Because what happens yeah. then yeah. is if you fire appropriately for the first shot, boom, and then the, it moves off. It goes Alpha Charlie. Right. So you gotta be able to stop it and 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 on on a dime essentially, and that requires a lot of precision. A lot of work to do too. You know, but okay. but once you get to the point where you could be predictable and immediate with your shooting, your shooting goes significantly up without you looking like you're working very hard to do much. It makes a big difference. Cool. Now, it it seems like too the the more you teach there, the more they're giving you to teach and more advanced topics. Um, now, how how much do you guys, the instructors, talk about 
advance topics just amongst yourselves and pick each other's brains. Because I see that being a huge benefit too, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, so so for me, you know, like I said, I mean, me, me and Kim talk twice a week at this point, two, three times. And it's always, you know, yeah, it's the usual, you know, it's the friend stuff. Hey, how's everything going? As you know, as your wife, so on and so forth, blah, blah, blah. But we mainly talk a lot about we're both we're both the same kind of brain. So okay. like our conversations very are very, very analytical, very detailed yeah. in the, our words. So like, you know, Ben, Ben is Ben is actually very, very analytical and very precise with his words. But he's just very he doesn't say a lot. He says okay. a couple one sentence. Right. And he does it well because it obviously gets the response that you're looking for. So like if I get a review from Ben on PSTG, Ben's Ben's reviews three to four minutes. Kim's review is 10. Right. Mm, and it's just, it's just yeah. how it's how we pick things up, you know? So when Kim and I talk, it's a, it's a 45 minute conversation and we're talking about, okay, well, this is what, this is what I did this time and you know, this day, and this is what we're working on. And this is what we have to look at with our vision. And you have to engage your glutes more and turn your knees out and this and that, like, you know, all these, all these fine, fine detail points. You know, so we're constantly, constantly talking. Him and I actually taught our block together. So we we choose. We also get to choose what we what we do, right? Oh. So I chose I had chosen gun handling because you know my draws and reloads are, are are known. They're well known, right? So the idea was to give people the draws and reloads to get their gun handling developed, and then give them a five minute warm up that they can use for any dry fire, live fire, or match setting to get them ready to go to shoot live rounds from stage one without having to feel warmed up. You don't need to warm up. You can shoot right away. Right. This time, because, because of, of the, of the mental growth that I had with some of the stuff that we did situational training uh, with Christian Seiler and, and, and Kim are, is on PSTG. Also, we did a whole, we took like a 30, 30 minute video on that. So a lot of, yeah. And Christian was able to pick up a lot from it too, but this was a big mental thing in terms of the me versus me game, right? If I'm always trying to beat myself in practice and I'm able to create pressure in practice, like other people may not be able to. Now I have an advantage. I'm gaining an advantage. I'm creating mental toughness that becomes harder to harder to beat and harder to get into. Right. right. You know, and it's not perfect. I mean, obviously I still struggle at times and we all, we all do. Um, but one of the things that David Goggins taught me too, was failure is if, when you learn to embrace failure as the next success, nothing, you're not going to stop. Nothing is going to stop you. Right. So like you go through things, you struggle, you, you fail, right? Okay. You figure out how am I going to do this? You put your action items in and then you get to a point where you're doing something and then you have a failure from, for a different reason, but that part was good. Right. So that if once you learn to treat that next failure as success from before, now you just keep looking for the next one, the next one, the next one, right? Eventually success becomes inevitable. Yeah. If that's your process, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. And the next step after that is old age. So (laughs) (laughs) I might be old, like mechanically with all the hardware, but. That's right. still a win, though, because you could have, <laughs> I mean, between 18 and 44 is when most dudes bite it because they're, you know, doing some crazy stuff. So yes. yeah. getting Trauma. old is a win in and of yeah. itself. 
God bless, man. You know, and 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 it's same thing. Just keep 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 doing what you can do and being a little better every day. And you know, it's amazing what you can accomplish regardless of what your status is. Yeah. Couple more questions. Yeah, buddy. What is your ultimate goal in USPSA? Uh, win nationals at least twice. Okay. What about world shoot? Uh, I haven't thought of it, but um, okay. that would be cool at some point. Okay. What does your make ready look like? So when the RO, when you step up and the mm-hmm. RO says make ready, what does your process look like until he says, are you ready? Mm-hmm. So for me, it is says make ready, right? And now with the limited gun, I, I actually draw the gun, rack the slide just to make sure it's, you know, safety on. So I'm getting a real draw, but I always draw and I do the first like array or first couple targets I could see. Right. So I'm, I'm getting actual trigger press and, and movement okay. you know, transitions. Um, Mag, my mag is on my magnets, so bring it up, insert it to the gun, rack, rack the slide, press check, right? Mag comes out, make sure I have enough rounds, whatever it's supposed to be. If it's limited, I'm going to top off. If it's uh, production, I'm going to just check I got 10. Um, safety goes on limited, right? Gun goes back in the holster, and then I do my um, programming and execution. So I'm just making sure that, okay, I am shooting this target this way with my, with my two-word or two-number commands. Right. And I'm literally doing the entire stage with my with my air gun. So it's here. OK, this and that touch, touch the mag, touch the spot. You know, if I'm running, I'm doing running movements like that kind of stuff. Right. Once that's done, one touch on the gun in position, ready to go. Just waiting for that beep so that as soon as that beep goes off, I'm trying to respond as fast as possible. OK. How long does it normally take you to do your make ready yeah, it could be a little bit <laughs> it could be, it, well okay. it depends on it depends on the stage but yeah it's it's usually about the stage time okay now you said your company you have a training company yeah so so i started my company for firearms training in 2018 it's called systematic performance concepts spconceptsinc.com or robepifania.com. I got that later because people know me more for my name than my company name. I don't do a good job marketing, so I need to be better <laughs> at that. But the skill time, the skill development takes a lot more, more of my time. So, and that's the more important part. The brand builds around if I keep, if I keep doing the work. So, right. And how often do you train people? So class wise, I do one or two a month. Um, I've been doing video chat lessons, so kind of like, kind of like this, where oh, we get one-on-one okay. attention, and those have actually been pretty popular, because obviously I'm in New York, uh, not everybody can come see me, I can't go see everybody, or like on a Thursday night, you know, we can't, it's going to be tough for you to come, come see me, right? So, right, we end up set up, we set up the Zoom lessons, and we do an hour Zoom lesson, something like that, and uh, and we get individualized attention. Right. We could talk about whatever you want to talk about, demonstrate, do you can do some stuff. I, I can give you give you pointers. And then what we could do is set we set homework, homework up, right? What you're gonna do if you want some guidance on sessions. So so kind of like kind of like Megan's uh, follow-up stuff too. If you want to ask me a question in between, like I'd rather people ask me questions 
then wait two, three weeks to get the next, next lesson. Mm, you know, you want to, you want right. to keep people on the right track and, 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 you know, the shooting part, the, the, the training part, the money that I get from that, I put back into myself to, to continue to grow myself so I can keep reaching out further. The more people I can reach, the better it's going to be for everybody. So, okay. you know, I have a day job already. So, uh, you know, I get to that, that pays for most of the bills. So. All right. Leo, you have anything? I was going to ask if he was an exotic dancer for his day job, but usually when you're on the day shift, you don't make that much money. So no. it kind of answered itself. <laughs> no, really, no. the only thing I had was about the feeling uncomfortable thing. And that's, I mean, we already talked about that. So, yeah, I'm good. Awesome, guys. Cool. Well, Rob, thanks for coming. Oh, actually, do you have anything le uh, that you want to clarify or shout out anything? Plug indoors. Uh, well, you know what? I mean, I mean, I'll, pl I'll plug the people that help me. I mean, obviously, Practical Shooting Training Group, right? Ben and Kim are awesome people, and the, and the group itself is very motivated, very driven. So if you guys aren't a member, what I'd recommend is try a month of bronze, see, see if you like the content. That's what I did. And then it's, you will like the content, and then it's just a matter of do you upgrade to silver where you get video reviews, or do you upgrade to gold like I did, where – where you get a video review every week, a training plan, and your own personal forum. You ask as many questions as you want. Um, that that's been probably the best thing I've done in shooting to to keep myself growing and never stay stagnant. Um, okay. You know, sponsor wise, I mean, Atlas Gunworks. They've been they've been great to me. Uh, Brass Monkey Bullets. They've they uh, Jason gets his stuff out fast and his stuff is inexpensive. GX Products, right? Leif Leif Kunkel, right? He uh, his his posters are excellent and his, his service is great and he's a, he's a great dude. Uh, Outdoor Dynamics, John Royer, he's making ammo for a bunch of people, a bunch of different, uh, bunch of different divisions, PCC, production, you know, limited. I just, uh, I've just been talking with uh, Mason Lickfield of Gun Butter too. been using that for my, my Atlas guns. Uh, stuff stays where it's like supposed that? to be. I actually like it a lot. So I've been okay. using, I was using Lucas before that. And what I find this does a little bit better is it's a little bit more, a little bit better lubricity, right? Okay. So it's a, it's a little yeah. bit more slick, but it also retains better cold weather properties than Lucas. Lucas tends to feel a little sluggish in, in time. Right? I actually so this, went to their website because I saw something on your Instagram. Yeah. And I love the range of temperature that it works. Yes. I can't verify that. I've only shot it down to the teens. So okay. I'm not. I'm not crazy or that's still pretty or good like though. That. Yeah, I gotcha. So yeah, and and you know, I'm, I'm probably forgetting some somebody, but again, everybody that's helped me get to where I'm at, and and everybody that I get to interact with, happy, happy, happy to be a part of it, and happy to have you guys to support, and happy to you know to support you guys in any way I can, for sure. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you coming on. There was a lot of information you shared, so. Happy to do it, man. And I appreciate you guys having me. It was fun. Oh. Well, it's our pleasure. This isn't going to be the last time, I hope. Well, listen, <laughs> if you guys want me on again, you just give me a heads up, and I am happy to be back. Okay. Done. Awesome. awesome. Well, thanks, Rob. And thank you, guys. Appreciate your time. Until next time. Don't be a little bitch. Yeah. Yeah.